0: Before we begin our service, again, I've got another announcement to make. Uh, because there's so much sickness in our church now and and other things going on today, uh, we've decided not to have an evening service tonight. Uh, so go home and enjoy the game like I know you want to, guys. But it uh, we won't have an evening service tonight. Uh, there's a lot of sickness, as you, as you well know, and a lot of other things going on. So keep that in mind. No service tonight. So enjoy it.
1: Thank something that's really been bothering me and I talked to the preacher about it and he said I could have this time to talk and I I don't want anybody to hold up hands but if I ask you to I think you would help me and pray with me and so that's what I'm going to ask you to do and my problem look at all these vacant seats where are the people who needs to be sitting in these seats? You know, whose fault is it that these seats are not full? Is it the pastor's fault? Yes, it's the pastor's fault. Is it the deacon's fault? Yes, it's the deacon's fault that these seats aren't filled. But do you know who else's fault it is? It's yours, and it's yours, and it's yours, and it's, yours. it's yours. It's all of you and it's mine. We are told in Matthew 28, verses uh, 19 and 20, Go ye, therefore, teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And then uh, it goes on, uh, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, as and, and, lo, I am with you always to the end of the world. Folks, that is not a suggestion. That is a command that we are to do. I want you to ask yourself, how many people am I responsible for, for getting them to come to church? Do we just sit back and listen and think, yeah. These seats were full, but we have to do something about it, and it is up to us. And, you know, you think, what can we do? I want us to have a meeting. We're going to hand out flyers at the end of the service. Everyone take one. And this is Grow Our Church. That's what these are. And uh, all we are wanting to do is what God has told us. But what this meeting is about is so we can get together, bring all of our ideas, and figure out things. I have in mind uh, things that we can do for our community and for our church, and we want all of your suggestions. It doesn't matter what they are, how expensive they are, or if they're free or whatever. You come and you put those ideas before us, and we need to set Copper's Cove afire, we need, one of the things that I want to do is everybody get a T-shirt, a bright colored T-shirt with Robertson Avenue Baptist Church on it, and I want us to flood Copper's Cove with it. Whether we all go down to HEB one day and just go through the store, whether we go to Walmart, whether we're out at the park, whatever, we want them to know our church is here, and we want to feel all these vacancies. And so, uh, like I said, we'll give out the flyer. And uh, Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. This means more than money. You need to hide your time, your talents, and everything. So y'all be thinking about it. Now, on this flyer, it says this is going to be February 15th. We're going to have to change our time. It says 10 a.m., but I forgot the admin meeting. So we'll make it one in the afternoon. But you come, and you bring your ideas. You pray about it for these next couple of weeks, and then you come ready to work for the Lord.
0: not to show up. <clears throat> Thank you, Miss Judy. That's exactly what we need. But we do, if you, the ones on the fro- front, if you turn and look, we've got some people visiting with us today. You might see them. Some of them are bent over. I guess they're praying, so just, uh. <laughs> but we need to do something to spark this church, folks. We really do. Our church deserves to have these seats filled. Our God deserves to have these seats filled. And each one of us deserve it, too. But it's going to take us reaching cross-boundaries and speaking to somebody and inviting them. Somebody is looking for a church right now in this community. And we might pass them each one when we go to the grocery store or whatever. All it takes is a simple word. Hey, I'm from Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. I'd like to invite you to our church. They may throw it in the floor. So what? people come. Look at the number of seats. If you haven't already, turn around and look at the seats, how many are empty? I would safely say over half are empty today. And that's precisely what I want to talk about this morning. But I want to use it in a different way because this is a sermon that I started on several weeks ago, but every time I'd get to a certain point, God would change my idea a little bit and I still haven't got there. Let's talk about loving the Word of God. You know, for years, Baptists have been called the people of the book. This book right here. But I'm sad to say that a lot of those people have got away from the book. Many of them have left the church. I'm sure some from this church. But every church I know has had members that left over issues. Folks, that should not be the case. Inside the church ought to be the most loving place, forgiving place, helping place that you can find. We've been looking at the characteristics of a dynamic church, of the early dynamic church. Several weeks ago we identified from Acts chapter 2 four, uh, uh, four distinguishing marks of that church. Listen to these distinguishing marks. Number one, they were a worshiping church. Oh, we worship every Sunday morning. I don't think it means that. I think it means worshiping in a true form. Not only when we come here, but when we leave and go to our homes, we still should be a worshiping church. They were an evangelizing church. Now, that one hits home because there's people all of this community need Jesus Christ. And probably on a daily basis... We pass some of them on the streets and Walmart and H-E-B or wherever you go. Oh, but I'd be embarrassed talking to somebody in a store. Jesus might just be embarrassed of you one of these days. They were a learning church. And last but not least, they were a loving church. Would you stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Dear God, we thank you, Lord, for this time you've brought us together, and we know there's a lot of sickness in our church today, and a lot of things that are going on with people and what have you, and just all the the complications that seem to be this time of year, with colds and flus and so forth, and we pray, first of all, that you would heal their bodies and bring them back to us. For the ones in the hospital, be with James, and Lord, as he's in the hospital going through a trying time, just watch over him, and Lord, bring him back to us as soon as... I know he's itching to get back and wanting to get back. Lord, we just pray that you'd heal his body and the problems he's having and just, Lord, just get him back with us as soon as possible. But Lord, we're here today and I believe it's on a lot of people's hearts this morning that, oh, how we need to fill these empty chairs. Lord, just put a burden on us that you've called us to be witnesses to our community. And I believe that when we don't do that, that we're failing in what you tell us to do. Lord, put a burden on each one of our hearts that we may run across somebody this next week and invite them to church. And Lord, that they would fill a seat in time to come. Thank you, Lord. Go with us now. Open our hearts and our minds to your Word. We ask all this. This morning, I want to go back to the that characteristic of being a learner church, and yes, I realize that we've talked about this over the last few weeks. But keep in mind, the kind of learner that makes a true disciple of Christ, excuse me, is not just a student who listens passively, rather, is a disciple who is completely intent on watching, observing, and listening to the teacher. We've got many teachers here in this room, some far better than I am. I'm not much of a teacher. But we've got teachers in this room, and they do that. They try to do that. But what Miss Judy said and what we talked about other night as we met together on Friday night, just a Thursday night or Friday whatever it was, Friday night, we just had a little meeting, with just a group of people and said, hey, come and let's throw some ideals around. And every one of them said, we need to build this church grow this church. We need to see this church with less empty seats and more full seats. And I think that's a right road to go down. We need to find ways to do that. It could be, in fact, we came up with several ways. I don't have the list in front of me. I can't read them to you. But you ask Miss Junior, and she's probably got it with her, don't you? I figured that. so. But she can show you. And this is just a group of four or five people, if I remember right. Six people are there. We just go over to the church and let's discuss how we can fill these seats. And there's a lot of discussion and a lot of good ideas. You'll be hearing about them. Again, if you want to find out, ask Miss Judy, and I'm sure she'll be glad to show you. But it's, that's what we got to have is begin to have a passion to fill these chairs. I don't know how many, but I'm guessing over half the chairs in this building are empty this morning. Now, we've got a few visitors, I see, sitting back there behind Judy. But it. uh, I don't think they're going to say a whole lot, so we're just going without them. But we put some silhouettes up just to remind you that these are empty chairs, that people could be filling, that God could be blessing, that could be helping us grow this church, that could be doing things in the church to help it grow. And on and on we could go. The word disciple can be translated by the word learner. Now again, I've used this a little bit lately, this, this topic, so bear with me if it sounds familiar to you. Keep in mind the kind of learner that makes a true disciple of Christ is not just a student who listens passively, rather a disciple who is completely intent on watching, observing, and listening to his teacher who is drinking in every word with, intenseness, with an intense desire to apply and to obey his followers. Who do you think that teacher is? I think his name's Jesus, if I remember right. And as he goes through the week teaching us, as you learn things, as people you meet, or whatever situation it may be, you may run into somebody at HEB and just begin to have a conversation with them. That's exactly what he's talking about—about about reach out to somebody. Can you imagine? We've got—I'm a guesstimate. and I'm not a good guesstimator, but I'm a guesstimate there's Forty, maybe a few more than that, people in this room. Can you imagine if every one of us next week brought somebody with us? It'd almost be full. It wouldn't be long before we'd have to bring out chairs. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be a great scene where we have to bring out chairs? Well, we'll bring chairs in and line them up this far we got plenty of room up here. I don't I don't holler and hoop too much I'm quantum. But line them up. But the w- ideal is what are we going to do to grow this church? So, folks, churches go out of business every week of the year. I don't know about you, but I don't want to grow, go out of business at this church. I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe I'm not doing what I needed. I don't know. But I've got a passion to see these seats filled. And God God get a hold of this church and turn it upside down if necessary. I heard somebody one time describe the church as a salt shaker. And every once in a while, God needs to turn it upside down and just shake it like a salt shaker let the pepper fall out and leave the salt behind. I've got a passion for this church. I love this church, folks. This is my church. church that God's called me to. I want it to be the best it can be. I want God to see a movement taking place in this church where this altar is filled week after week after week, weeping for somebody they know at home or brothers or sisters that don't go to church or whatever it may be, and praying hard that God will move in this congregation. Folks, we're no different from any other church. you go to most of the churches in town, and they're about populated like we are. Maybe not as few because there's some bigger churches than our, ourselves. But yet, we talked Friday night or Thursday night and just talked about what can we do? What can we do about it? And the conclusion that I got from is that, first of all, I need to look inside myself. What am I doing? What have I been doing to help the situation? And then I begin to picture faces in this crowd that we were talking about. And all oh, but if just somebody would get a hold of that passion and begin to have a sense that outside these doors are men and women, boys and girls that are dying and going to hell on a daily basis, folks. They're dying physically. And unless the church steps up, they'll split hell wide open. That's the heart we've got to get. And I'm not saying that because I just said those words, but it burdens me. I'm not what I should be. But I want you to know, I'm making a commitment. I'm going to start speaking to people. I'm going to start telling them about the best church in Robertson. uh, What city (laughs) win? That's Copper's Cove. The best church in Copper's Cove. And I believe that with all my... There's not another church in this town I'd rather go to. And there's some good churches. I believe God has a people's hearts in this church. I believe God has put a desire on our hearts. I believe God has put a passion in our hearts. We're one of the friendliest churches. And by the way, I've had people send me notes that they visited our church and they made the comment, that is such a loving church. I wanted to write them back a note and say, well, then why don't you come back? But I didn't do that. But so we're hoping they do. So, folks, today I just want to pour this out. Because did you realize there's a possibility if we don't begin to do things, this church will be dead in a few years? You say, how do you know that? I don't know it. I said, a possibility. Some days there's more people gone from this church than they are here. That's what happens when a church church declines and starts going down. And once it goes on that slippery slope, it's hard to stop it, folks. And I believe with all of my heart that everyone sitting here today desire for this church to go forward, to go up, to get, old, get, to get older, yes, that's a good way to put it. I know that's God's desire. Again, this morning I want us to look back at that characteristic of being a learner church and go a little deeper with that and probe it just a little bit more than we had before. A learning church is still the people who are trying to become like Jesus based on what He said and what He did. So I want us to share together today about Im- imitating Christ's and his life by becoming a student of the Scripture. There's no better way you can find out what Jesus is like and what He wants you to do than to read the Scripture. If you don't read the Bible, you cannot be what God wants you to be, period. There are no exceptions. You can't do it. But when you get that Bible in your life on a daily basis and begin to read it and study it and understand what God's passion is for God's church, Things will begin to change. It'll begin to change rapidly. You see, God knows exactly what we need. We may think we know what we need, but God knows exactly what we need. And I've pictured God several times over the last few weeks. God standing up over this church. He's got both hands filled with blessings, and he's just waiting to drop them on Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. But so far. This church. Not only this church, but other churches too. But I think He wants to right here at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. He wants to fill us with something new. Something different. Something out of this world, if you will. It's called the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying we don't have the Holy Spirit moving here, because I know we do some Sundays. But yet, can you imagine a service it talks about in the Bible where 3,000 people got saved in one day. You know what would happen if that happened at Roberts Avenue Baptist Church? We'd probably all run out the doors getting away from it. What's going on in there? Because we've never seen it before. But I would safely say there's not a person sitting in a seat today. If I ask you this question, I'm going to ask you, so just get ready for it. What am I doing to help grow this church? Every one of them's got some ideas, Undoubtedly. As Judy mentioned a few minutes ago, we just got together. We was all out to eat, and we met up, and so just by accident, primarily, we went back to church and let's just go there and discuss some talk about some things. And we sat down at the table and just tossed ideas back and forth. Some of them good. Mine wasn't so good, evidently, but just just to have a good time, sharing and pouring our hearts out. Move into this church like you've never moved in before. God, open our hearts to be receptive. God, do something in this church. Light a fire under us. Put a fire on top of us. Whatever it takes to get us where you want us to be. The early study. Excuse me. The early church studied the scriptures wholeheartedly. I want us to go back to a scripture that we studied together in Acts 20, uh, 2.24 and read it together. Acts 2.24, if you would turn there with me. We think we need more than God has already given us. But so let me remind you, know we don't. We've got God's Holy Spirit. Somebody, if you found that passage, would you stand up and read that, please? I know this is different this morning. There we go. Go a little farther, if you would. I'm sorry. Isn't that good? Did you hear those words? That's God's Word speaking to us. That wasn't Dennis. That was God's Word speaking to us. And he said you can have this as a body of believers, as people of God. Folks, if that passage that Dennis just read isn't true, then you can take your Bible and dump it in the trash can as you walk out, because it's none of the it truth. It's true. That's what God says we can have. Why don't we have that? Why don't we have a fire burning for it? Why don't we have a desire to see God's church go forward? Oh, but we have one or two people a year join the church. I want three thousand by figuring an X. I wanted three thousand so we have to knock these walls out. You say we don't have the money for that you get that point, we'll have the money for that. When God's people get excited about God, folks, you can't stop it from going forward. There's nothing that can stop the church of a living God from going where He wants it to go. Except complacency. to sit in one of these seats, too, so I'm including myself in that. But just the other night, like I said, we just actually ran into, Judy and I were down at, uh, where we had at eating lunch, I forget where we were at now, but one of the restaurants around here, and then we met up with some others, and pretty soon, we, it was about five or six, and I think Miss Judy said, well, let's go back to the church and just have a prayer time. We'd come in the fellowship hall and just sit down there and just have a, had a prayer time. About the needs of one of the most reluctant ones there. But as they began to pray, I saw their hearts and words going where they want to go. I thought, we've got something started here. We've got something started. We've got a decent crowd around here today. I don't know how many. I'm not too good at that. I'm 50, maybe 45, 50, something like that. Which it should be a lot more anyway. Gets, I believe with every ounce of my being, Jesus is not satisfied with where this church is right now. He's not satisfied with it. Because He sees these boys and girls, and you can see them too, as they walk past the windows every Sunday morning. Usually somebody walks by the windows because it always catches my attention. Who is that? Boys and girls, teenagers, past this church on a weekly basis. And in all probability, if nobody tells them about Christ, they will split hell wide open in a couple of years. That's my heart this morning. So well, that's not a message. No, it's really not, I guess. But I just wanted to share with you, we have people in this church that want to see this church change. What I'm asking you, will you join us? Whatever it takes. Whether it's to go out and visit somebody, whether it's to talk to somebody on the street or at Walmart or wherever it is, that's what it takes. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to take a chance at even being bad? That was my heart this morning. And it still is for that matter. But I don't want to tie up. I know we've got Lord's Supper in just a moment. But I want to, before we go into the Lord's Supper time, and by the way, keep in mind the Lord's Supper is really a remembrance. It's remembering the things that Jesus has done for us. It's remembrance. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what the Lord's Supper is. Yes, it's just a cracker, it's just the juice. But go back and read what it really means. What it really is saying to us. This is the body it represents the body and blood of Jesus Christ. I know we've got business here. And in just a moment we're going to take the Lord's Supper. If you don't feel comfortable, by all means, you're welcome to leave. But I would ask you to stay, because we're sharing this meal. And it's not much of a meal. It's called a meal, but that's really not a good term for it. But it represents the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's nothing more than probably great juice and a cracker. But it represents a broken body of Jesus Christ and the blood that He shed for each one of us sitting That's what the Lord's Supper is. It's not a supper in a terms that we know it, but it represents the broken body and the cracker and the juice, the blood that I have his body. If you can sit here with that image in your mind that this is blood of Jesus, you have got it. If our ushers would, I'm gonna call them up for this time. Deacons, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ushers can come too if they want to. I don't care. <laughs> I've taught our deacons a whole lot of names since I've been here, but they don't know about the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen to the words in First Corinthians chapter 11 beginning in verse 17. Conduct at the Lord's Supper. I'm going to read the whole passage. Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. For there must be also factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together for in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own. <coughs> On Supper, ahead of the others, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. That's the Bible speaking to us. What, do you not have houses to eat and to drink in? Are you despi- Do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? I do not praise you. And then he moves to the topic called Institutional Lord's Supper. And here's what we're fixing to do in just a moment. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread. And when He had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat. this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's not something to be taken lightly of. That's the Lord's. Supper in essence. That means something to us. It represents the body, the broken pieces of his body, and the blood. Again, this is probably nothing but wealth is great to you, but it represents. That's what the difference is. you Would you ask the blessing? church, long before I came here, set aside to do this once a month. I think that's a good idea. Because it reminds us ever so often. I know some churches do it once a year. I think that lessens the impact of it, I guess the best word I can think of. So today we gather to take this cracker we've been given. Let remember It represents the body of Christ. It's not the body of Christ, but it represents. Do this.